Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In the Gun, episode number 58. We've got plenty to get to on this edition of ITG. A new interim men's head basketball coach, a WVU baseball player, um, entering a territory that no other WVU baseball player ever has. Jed starting some good conversation with a poll on Twitter. Uh, Jared Deggy making some waves in the Canadian Football League and the new Big 12, which don't look now, folks, is just literally a few hours away from from being official as we are about to welcome four new members as the calendar turns from June to July. Plenty to get into on this edition of ITG. I'm Wesley Euler with the best teammates in the business. I got the signal caller, Jed Drenning. We are just a duo today, just a two-man show as our... uh, our, our third wheel, our dearly, our, our, our dearly beloved Owen Schmidt, the runaway beer truck. He's got us uh, in seven on seven camp this week for, uh, you know, all the, the football coaching that he does. So you just got Jed and I here on this edition of ITG in this episode, episode 58, brought to you in part by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs. You can get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. You name it, it's on Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and all of your favorite casino and card games, also available right to play on your phone. So head to the website or use the mobile device or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. And remember to use the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V when you sign up for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online, where the game starts. Jed, J.J. Weatherholt, that's where I want to start here today as we go around campus a little bit before we get into some football conversation. J.J. Weatherholt, of course, stud second baseman for your WVU baseball, uh, your, your WVU uh, Mountaineer baseball team, I yeah. should say, this past season. Uh, one of the best in the country. We've been saying that, and I've not just been saying that because he went to the same high school as me in Western Pennsylvania, <laughs> Mars High School. I'm not just repping for a fellow planet, a fellow Martian out here. JJ had himself a fantastic season, one of the best players in college baseball, a top five finisher for the baseball Heisman, if you will. That's how good of a year he had. Well, get this, folks. He just became the first Mountaineer, as in the first and the only in program Ever. history to become a unanimous All-American. What that means is there's seven different baseball college baseball publications that do their All-American lists. He was on all seven. First-team All-American on seven different publications. The first, the only Mountaineer in program history to ever do that. Jed, we've had some... Uh, listen, while the baseball program hasn't always been you know, amazing over the years. It hasn't always been, you know, a, a, uh, what it is right now over the years. Certainly there's still been some really good baseball player. I mean, there's been Jed Jorko and John Means and Alec yeah. Manoa and, and guys that have played, had nice careers in major, in the major leagues, but no one has ever been a unanimous first team, all American. Congratulations to JJ Weatherholt doing it as just a sophomore. It's, it's uncharted territory for, for anyone to ever come through our baseball program. And again, it's pretty cool for me that it's a kid that went to the same high school that I did that, that is now at WVU. You know, I think I told you, Wes, that I, I saw a lady when we were up on vacation. We went, uh, you know, it was we were at Idlewild outside of Pittsburgh um, Memorial Day weekend. And That's I right. Saw I remember you telling me this. Wearing a Mars baseball shirt. And I was like, J.J. Weather. Oh, you don't see a lot of Mars <laughs> baseball shirts. On no, you around. don't. I can't imagine you do. It's. Uh, you, you see more of them than you see pit hats up in southwestern Pennsylvania. Absolutely. But, but either way, 
uh, yeah, uncharted waters, literally uncharted waters. No other West Virginia baseball player in history has done this. It's it's rare air in football, really. I mean, it's what is it about a dozen uh, consensus All Americans in the history of uh, Mountaineer football. So to be the only one, I mean, just think about that in the annals of West Virginia baseball. You're going to be talking about JJ Weatherhold, and his story is far from over. I mean, he's he's already said he's coming back next year. Okay, so by the time he's done. I mean, you're going to be mentioning his name really uh, by itself. Uh, I mean, when you when you talk in terms of football, we haven't had one once since, uh, you know, uh, Darius was a consensus mm -hmm. in 2020. Prior to that, it had been almost two decades with Grant Wiley. It doesn't happen yep. that often. Right. Okay? Consensus. Again, every publication. Consensus, everybody. Not making it an all-American team. It's in, making in, all, in all college football. In college football, it's three publications jed is that right well again it's different from we talked about a couple weeks ago with the hall of fame selections you have to make a hall of a first team hall of fame on one of the five accepted teams okay five uh, maybe that's well i'm but not anyways, sure if, they, if you need where, all five to be a consensus all american that's a good question okay sure but where i was going with this was just i mean either way it's not think, <laughs> think, yeah. think about that like take any topic right now do you think ice cream is delicious if you asked seven people, you'd yeah. probably get one who would be like, eh, no, not real. Like, you can't get seven yeah. people in this country to agree on anything. No, you can't. No, <laughs> you J.J. Weatherholt got seven different publications to agree that he's a first-team All-American. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty special. I mean, I was just reading something yesterday, uh, and it was this food critic, and they were they, they mentioned in this thing that they don't like cinnamon rolls. And I was like, wait, what? So there's somebody out there that doesn't like cinnamon rolls? Okay, anyway, to your point, right? right you but, can't get seven people to agree on anything. No, hats off to JJ. Again, exciting future for awesome. West Virginia baseball, obviously, coming on the heels of we don't like how it ended. Nobody does, but that's not going to take away from what was accomplished uh, on the diamond this year for West Virginia baseball. I mean, it was an historic, historic uh, campaign for Randy Jed, May. From, from where the program was a decade ago, to be ranked in the top 10 for multiple weeks this season to share mm -hmm. uh, to have a to to win a share of the Big 12 regular season title three-way tie it just phenomenal and and hopefully they're going to continue and grow on that as a yep. team and and JJ as an individual and folks I mean if if he was at cuz it's like college baseball is like college football you have to be at least 3 years removed from high school before you can enter the it's not like college yes. basketball right where you can be one and done or anything like that well in, so, in other words here, here's what happens Wes you can either enter the draft or if you choose not to, then you have to be three years removed. You know what I'm Correct. saying? So you can enter right out of high school. High school kids draft. Or that's you right. have to wait yeah. three years. Yes, good. That's I'm right. glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you made that uh, that that clarification there. So JJ has to play another year of collegiate baseball. But make no mistake about it. If he were to come out right now, he would be a first round pick. And so oh, yeah. he he continues to build on that. Next year has another great year as a junior. Um, I mean, he could be a top fifteen, top ten pick, which is yeah. just. I would be tickled, not only him coming from WVU, but again, the same high school as me. Like, I would just be tickled to death. I love it. He's got a lot of people in his corner, but we're certainly uh, amongst them here on the on the ITG Absolutely. podcast. Speaking of around campus, some pretty big news as well. You might have heard of this one. Josh Eilert has been named interim head coach of the WVU men's basketball program. Took about a week, the entire process. Mm -hmm. Um you know, Ren Baker doing his due diligence in house candidates, other candidates around collegiate hoops, even someone like John Beeline, who is obviously has a huge body of work, but is not currently employed as a head coach. Uh, Jed, they end up going with Josh, a guy who has been with the program for a long time, a guy who has waited 
uh, for his opportunity and a guy who now I think is going to get a pretty darn good opportunity to jump right in uh, with a with a solid roster. Now, there's some guys in the portal now. There's some moving and shaking, as there always is. But that also, with that, that doesn't mean WVU is done adding to their roster as well, too, because that's a two-way street, right? Like, you might have some guys in the portal now. There's also all those guys in the portal that you can attempt to recruit and attract. So all the best for Josh. I hope he's able to have a great season. And it's, you know, it's it's funny. We just kind of saw this with one of our own, right, with Joe Missoula, where you, you know, from just a, a pure fan standpoint, right, like if you're a Celtics fan, you don't love how Joe Missoula had to get his opportunity, right, how your coach had to have some, your coach had to have some improprieties with another, you know, with, with someone within the organization, a relationship. And Joe ends up coming to an organization, a team that has a lot of expectations. He takes him to game seven of the Eastern Conference final. He has that interim tag taken off uh, and he's given the job, you know, fully in title and all that at just age 34. It is kind of funny how, not funny, but just ironic how that situation and, and, and a Mountaineer and one of our own, a Joe Missoula, just going through that. There's some parallels there for Josh Eilert, you know, an unfortunate situation that the fan base didn't want to see happen. But now, much like Joe Missoula, we hope he can he can take the reins and, and keep this thing humming. Yeah, and Ren said in the press conference, he's like, look, uh, the plan moving forward is to open this to a national search next year, but that plan can change, Absolutely. right? And I'm sure that's so what the Celtics. I'm sure that's what the Celtics were saying Absolutely. a year ago at this time. Yeah, without question. So uh, let's let's look at this. Let's unpack this real quick in terms of how it unfolded. First of all, uh, soup to nuts. It wasn't that long, like you said, seven days or so. A week. Uh, yep. So there was a lot to consider within the framework of those seven days. Now let's assume that maybe from the outset, irrespective of what was or wasn't said publicly, who knows. What Ren was thinking in terms of, hey, I might have my guy right here internally on staff, right? Uh, and ultimately, I think I'll probably land there. It's not an optimal time in June to be conducting a coach search in men's basketball, right? You said it on, on the podcast when we talked about this situation, Wes. Whoever's still out there right now, and I'm sure there's some great coaches still available, but they weren't the first choices, in the hiring cycle. There's a reason they're still available in June. Yeah, so they weren't the top five guys to go in that hiring cycle. So every year is going to generate, every hiring cycle is going to generate a new top five, right? So there's a couple things to look at here. Uh, maybe, in fact, Ren Baker looked at this and thought, look, it's unlikely that I'm going to get into the situation and explore things nationally and find somebody that I'm so happy about that I'm willing to sign them to a multi-year deal. Four-year deal and, or something like and that. And tie my yeah. fortunes to them. Multi-million okay? dollars likely as well, too. Yeah. That I'm going to look and I'm going to I'm going to come back and make an internal hire. That's what's most likely. But isn't it my job just in, in doing due diligence to kick the tires and explore what might yep. be out there. I don't know who might surprise me. I don't know if some Hall of Fame coach is willing to come out of retirement for a couple of years and take the, I don't know what's out there. So I got to ask. So I got to pick up the phone. I got to make this list of people say no to me. Okay. That's my job. And that's going to take a handful of, of days to do that. Now, once that, you know, of its own volition, once that situation or that process resolves, then I'm going to come back and I'm conducting interviews all the all, all, all through the week anyway. And I'm probably going to end up doing what maybe I anticipated to begin with. I saw some great possibilities internally. Ultimately, I'll probably end up with one of those great possibilities, but it's my job to first check. So if, in fact, I heard people saying, well, what are you waiting so long? The team's falling apart, yada, yada, yada. 
look, if if you had hired Josh Arlett, I, I don't say hired, if you had named him as the interim right away, eight hours without making a phone call, without doing anything, then wouldn't the criticism have been, what are you 100%. doing? Can you at least check? Ren, come on, call this guy, you know? call that guy. Yeah. So, so first of all, it was a pretty quick process when you consider everything that had to be done within the, the frame, uh, framework of time. So that played out. And then here's what I was most pleased with is it, the, the press conference in which they made the announcement and really introduced Coach Eilert to the fans. I mean, you know, everybody's known him. He's been part of the program for a long time, but that's the first time he got to speak in that capacity. Sure, and sure. there was nothing about him. It wasn't impressive, right? I mean, everything – he said everything you wanted to hear. And, you know, he's he's an old farm boy from the Midwest, you know, talking about luck and talking about two ships passing in the night. Bob Huggins was at K-State for one year. Well, that was long enough to bring Josh yeah. Eilert back, right? So that's what West Virginia got out of that. So uh, that, that's one thing that that was nice about that press conference was hearing from Coach Eilert. And he was saying all the things that you wanted him to say. And, you know, something else that was nice about that press conference, I think it gave people who haven't spent much time around Ren Baker an opportunity to see what Ren's all about. I mean, I, Ren by no means attempted to do this, but it was almost like he kind of stole the press conference, right? I mean, you talk about saying and doing the right things and addressing the right questions and handling everything uh, ideally in terms of what you're asked. And your vision of what what's gonna happen, uh, I, I thought Ren did an exceptional job. So yeah, I thought we were two for two in that presser. And you, you always say it's you know I don't know how many games you're gonna win, but you won the press conference. Well, let's start by winning the press conference, and both of them won the press conference. So uh, now let's try and stabilize and see what happens. But in terms of the portal, I'm glad you mentioned that. Again, let's revisit how this is structured. Even though uh, the, the the portal window is not necessarily open you know, for a situation like this, like you'd like it to be, that doesn't mean there aren't X amount of kids still hovering in there that entered when it was open. Correct. And now you can draw from that reservoir of talent that's that's still in there. Uh, and, you know, we, we've had one, if not two already come back. So who knows where this might go? I, I think you're going to see some, some stabilizing of the situation. Uh, and it's interesting, Wes, we're not going to get into this topic in this episode, but it's worth mentioning in passing. Uh, the NCA is now talking about cutting the portal window in half from 60 down to 30 days because mm -hmm. they're saying like, look, the, you know, the first half of that portal window is when most of the kids entered anyway, but anyways, right. there's right. going to be changing coming to the, oh, to the absolutely. structure anyway. But uh, like I said, nice hire under the circumstances. You like everything that, that Josh Eilert said. Uh, I think he's a stand up dude. He knows the program. He knows the situation. And you know what? If he had three or four more years experience as an assistant, because he's a freshly minted assistant, he was just yeah. named as a member of the staff last season, right? Correct. But he's been part of the program in various capacities for the better part of a decade and a half, you know, whether it was recruiting coordinator or other roles he played. You know what that reminds me of, that resume? It's kind of the modern type of resume that when you hire a Sean McVay, I mean, those mm. are the types of guys that the hot tickets in coaching uh, they start as video coordinators. Then they work through maybe an assistant video coordinator, and then they're the right. video manager, and then they move up to assistant, you know, scouting director, and then scouting director. They know every function of the organization, everything, you know, from yep. top to bottom. So there's nothing about the inner workings of the program they don't know. That's Josh Eilert. He knows just about every part of the basketball program, and that's only going to stand to serve him well. So I, I think it's a good situation for West Virginia. All things considered, this could have been, ended much differently. 
So let's see what happens. I I think you're absolutely right. I listen, this is I'm not going to sit here and say that this is ideal or anything like that. We all know that. We wish the last few weeks hadn't transpired and and Bob Huggins was getting ready to uh, you know, to to enter the season with one of the most talented rosters yeah. he's had in a long time. But I have faith that that Josh Eilert and company um, along with a very solid staff that, that that they've got in place there can can keep this thing moving and maybe even surprise us all in the process so that we get to the end of the season and we are really saying, hey, you know, that's Josh, the wish list, Wes. Let, the, and, and, and I'm not going to discuss this now and I don't expect you to, mm-hmm. but a lot of Mountaineer fans will be asking themselves between now and November before the season tips off, right? Okay, what is the threshold that he has to cross to first become a legitimate candidate to keep to remove the tag because he has a 10 month contract, right? Yep. To remove the tag and be considered the full time coach. What what makes him a candidate? What makes him a front runner? And what makes him a shoe in? I mean, what level of success? You see what I'm saying? That that's a fun oh, and that's, conversation to have with That's where I was going too. Like I I hope by the time we get to the end of the season, we're all saying, hey, Josh, you know, we're, yeah. we're considering him as a as a long term candidate because that means the season was pretty successful. Yeah. yeah. You know, if if we finish ninth in, or tenth in the Big Twelve and you know <laughs> don't make the tournament, and I don't think we'll be talking yeah. about giving him the job long term. So I hope we get to March and April and we're talking about him. Not saying like it's a guarantee or whatever, but just I hope he is legitimately in the conversation because that would mean I think things played out yeah. uh, better than expected yeah. this year. But all the best to Josh. Congratulations to him, his family. And uh, let's sure. go win some dang. Let's go win some dang games, as a uh, as a as a former head coach said. And one, I I I I worked with some words there. All right, but you you get what I'm saying. You Disney fought it. I Disney fought it. That's exactly right. This episode of ITG also brought to you in part by our friends at GoMart. Folks, make sure you're signing up for your GoMart rewards as you travel throughout the Mountain State and onward. GoMart here to keep you going. Uh, Jed, before we get into this poll, and I think a really good question that you raised uh, on our Twitter account at in the gun podcast, just a couple days ago. All right. I got to pick your brain on this Jarrett Daggy Canadian football league stuff. All right. Because I think everyone's seen the highlight, but the highlight of, you know, Jarrett Daggy throwing a a hail Mary at the end of the game and it, it bounces around and the wide receiver catches it and goes for a touchdown. And they're calling it the something, something miracle up in Canada. I'm looking at this. I'm like, Oh, this is great for Jarrett. This is awesome. And they still lost the game by, by like 10 points. I'm like, wait a second, how are we calling this a miracle? And everyone's talking about Jarrett Daggy and that's great. And he had a really nice game, but, but they still, so I know you're much more in tune to this. I'm not going to lie to any of our listeners out there. I'm not really paying attention to the Canadian football league. All right. My life, my job, my livelihood, everything revolves around the NFL and, and WVU football is my like in a weird way, escape from football because I'm just a fan and I love it. And I love the program and I love the university and everything. So I'm football driven CFL, USFL, XFL, all that stuff. I wish them well. I have no ill Ill wishes. I just don't really follow it very much. So what's going on with Jared Deggie and this miracle and uh, maybe a little nice role that he's carved out for himself up in the Canadian football league. Well, I don't know if I'm going to call it a miracle. And when it comes to the CFL, I mean, I, I, I'm i not averse to it. I'll, I'll watch if I have a reason. I'll pay attention if I have a reason. Like when former Mountaineers do something that flashes up there, uh, I'll start paying a little more uh, attention to it. Uh, Jared stepped into a situation in Edmonton uh, with the Elks that he was actually third team prior to last week. And, right, you know, this, right. this confluence of events led to a couple different things. He was backing up the starter 
was Taylor Cornelius. And if that name is familiar to Mountaineer fans, that's because he was the author of Our Nightmares in Stillwater, Oklahoma in 2018. <laughs> that was the guy. Yeah, that quarterback from a fifth-year senior from Mike Gundy. That Well, anyway, that's who Jarrett was backing up uh, in Edmonton. And one thing leads to another. And they were getting knocked around by Toronto, and they were significantly behind when Jarrett got inserted. And uh, he, he started – uh, stepped in and threw an early pick six. Didn't go well for him. But uh, Jared's always been uh, a mentally tough kid as well as physically tough. He's resilient. He bounced right back. He has a short memory. He gets it. Um, and he ended up stringing together a performance. I think, Wes, one of the reasons people are excited about it, it's, it's not the situation or the context. It, it's just what he showed. He took an absolute shot to the chops. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, showed the guts of a burglar stood tall, took the shot that most people aren't willing to take, delivered a throw that turns into a, you know, 70-yard touchdown. He he ends up 9 of 11 for a buck 63 or so, played very well. But I think the, the play was kind of the cherry on top of okay. a game that was already going pretty well for the guy. Gotcha. And now, that makes wow, sense. wow, that takes a, a special level of toughness to stand. That's, that's what sure those does. Edmonton yeah. fans were looking at. So now – uh, they're looking at, well, no, this thing we're taping Thursday night. Uh, we drop on Friday. Well, uh, Edmonton plays in Ottawa Friday evening. So, you know, Ooh. there you go. I mean, he was, he was started taking first team reps on Tuesday. So it sounds like the Edmonton press believes that he's going to be the guy this week. And, uh, let's hope that's the case, but, uh, he, he can maybe make the most of a neat little opportunity that he has up there. And, and uh, you know, I, I think his skill set uh, can fit that level of football. It used to be a more, you know, dual threat type league. Right. Uh, but I think it's taken a step towards more of a, a pocket, push the football downfield type thing. And uh, so anyway, uh, he's making the most of an opportunity. We'll see what happens. We'll see if he gets the nod. But uh, I mean, think about it, a guy who transferred, you yeah. know, not once but twice when he left here and, uh, and then things didn't go as favorably for him uh, at Troy as he would have hoped. Uh, so he lands in the CFL, and here you go. But I, I wish nothing but the best for Jared Daigie. I mean, when, when you look at it, at all his stops, I mean, he quietly strung together a pretty impressive career. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he had 80-some-odd touchdowns. He threw for a bundle of yards. Um, you know, he, he was productive, and uh, uh, he played at West Virginia. We, we've talked about this all the live long day. He played within an offense that had some limitations, and and he's the kind of guy that, you know, he, he's not going to erase those limitations, you know, uh, and and sometimes he was exposed. But the one thing I consistently saw here out of Jared is the same thing I saw on that play. I mean, he will stand tall and yeah, take never, an never, never quit. pummeling yeah. Yeah. and create time that we shouldn't have to deliver a football on a critical third down and take a shot to the mouth and not flinch. And that's what he did here. And that's what he did on that play. So I wish him the best. But let's see how it goes. Like I said, when when former Mountaineers land in prominent yeah, positions absolutely. in Canada, absolutely. yeah, I, I start paying a little more attention to those things. But listen, we I don't care what league it is. If you're a Mountaineer, we're rooting for yeah, you. We're pulling absolutely. for you. We're in your corner. If it's Skylar Howard in Japan, if it's Jerry Mark Dake, the Sims the other night, if, yeah, if it's yeah, Sims in the semifinals or Eggie, for the XFL, yeah, yeah XFL, Sims Eagles, yeah, whatever. And if it's all the obviously all the way up to Geno Smith, you know, and winning comeback player of the year and everything, he, we we support our Mountaineers at every level, and that's awesome for Deggy. You know, I've I've said this before. WVU fans, it's it's a weird it's a weird dichotomy where like our 
our program is not Ohio State or Alabama or Georgia or Notre Dame or USC or anything like that, right? I think all of us, at least for the most part, the reasonable ones amongst us recognize that. Um, but man, have we been spoiled with quarterback play. I mean, you could go back uh, Hostetler and Major yeah, Harris absolutely. and Mark Bulger and Rasheed Marshall, hashtag respect Freddie to Warren. And, and 30 and, and four as a career and, and, starter and, and, I mean, and Pat and, and Pat White and even Jarrett Brown and Geno Smith. I mean, you know, like we have been very yeah. spoiled and Will Greer, a lot of really good quarterbacks. And I think because of that, sometimes the Deggies and the Skylar Howards of the world get crucified because they're not yeah. Geno Smith, because they're not Will Greer. But, high one. Yeah. but but it is the quarterback position. It sounds crazy because, again, like WVU is is not some blue blood football program that's putting first round draft picks in the league every year, right? Like we're Oklahoma or Ohio state. It's impressive. I was in a meeting and I, I, there was a Georgia fan, a Georgia grad at the meeting and we're sitting at lunch, a group of us. And, you know, he's talking college football. And of course he starts leaning into these references that, Oh, West Virginia is a nice program. Yeah. But I mean, come on, Georgia is, and I'm just sitting there trying to smile and grin and bear it. And I was like, yeah, tonight, I mean, you guys were 10 and two. We beat you in the sugar bowl. I mean, SEC yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't help, but work that in there and twist a little bit, but yeah, you were a heck of a teammate. You're 10 and two. I mean, you came as close to slowing us down as anybody did, you know, That's right. I mean, Virginia uh, tech. I mean, you guys gave us, and, and I could tell by his here. reaction, he'd already forgotten about that. Of course. He'd already forgotten about it. Yeah. So just like, you know, it's funny, like a lot of this stuff with Trey Mitchell transferring to Kentucky this past week, like you could tell a lot of Kentucky fans already forgot that that we took down their team in 2010 in yes. the Elite Eight, the team that had yes. five first round draft picks yep. on it. And what, what at the time was the most devastating loss in Kentucky basketball yep. history. Um, yes, it is. It is funny how those things work. But yeah, all the best to Jared Deggy, to Skylar Howard, to Sims. Everybody. I done, yep. Again, if you're in the XFL, the CFL, the USFL, obviously the NFL, we wish you all the best, and and, yep. and we are in your corner. Uh, Jed, before we get to this poll that I've got to take for you on, I also uh, – last kind of housekeeping thing here. We're just hours away. I mean, it, it's Thursday night as you and I record this, the 29th of June, so just a couple yep. days left here in June. Uh, Jed, the new Big 12, the expanded Big 12, which will be 14 teams for just a year, obviously, until Texas and Oklahoma bolt, uh, will be officially official on July 4th. So we're just a few hours away from welcoming Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston to the Big 12. Pretty cool. It's it's here. We made it. It is. It, it's pretty cool. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm the weirdo who this time of year in the summer, I mean, of course, there's, there's not a month throughout the course of the season that I'm not doing something on various <laughs> websites from a metric standpoint or whether it's CSPN.com, you know, jumping in to click various things on the, uh, the big, the big 12 uh, section. But I, I couldn't help but think just a couple of days ago when I was in there, uh, wow, you know, it, it just in a couple of days, it's going to have, when you click Big 12, it's going to have 14 teams. Right now, it still has the 12, okay? Yeah, it still has the the current uh, 10. Uh, but uh, you're going to have 14 teams here in a few days. So it's, it's going to be neat. You're going to have the UCF. You're going to have BYU. You're going to have Cincinnati. You're going to have Houston. And I saw a neat tweet by Brett McMurphy. Uh, I believe we, we retweeted it from the uh, uh, ITG football account. But uh, he said, four schools – Make the jump to Power Five on Saturday. Of course, the four we just named. 
Schools that have joined new Power Five conferences in the past 12 years and the number of winning records in league play since joining that current conference. And he lists all the schools that have done so in the last uh, 12 years, from Utah on down to Rutgers. And he's looking at how many times you had a winning record in league play, okay? Well, in the 11 years uh, in the Big 12, West Virginia four times has had a winning record in league play. Uh, the, the best among those teams is Utah, eight times in 12 years. And, of course, Maryland is 0 for 9. Rutgers is 0 for 9. So it does make you wonder, uh, what does the future hold for these four? You know, some are going to stand out more than others. But uh, it, it's an exciting time. And, and it was this time last year-ish uh, when it seemed like all was quiet on the Western Front that UCLA and USC suddenly were headed to the Big Ten. That was right about the time coming up here in a few days when that story broke last year. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. But uh, we learned in the last couple of years, whether it's the Oklahoma-Texas story, just when it seems like you're all settled in, you got your eyes fixed on the upcoming season, and you can actually prepare to talk Not about so football fast. instead of these other other issues – there's going to be something breaking that you didn't see coming. That's, that's not football on the field, but something Always. else. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the next handful of days, the next couple of weeks, we have another story. But meanwhile, this is a story unto itself. Welcome aboard to the four new members. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're announcing some other additions uh, ah. imminently here in the near future. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'm, I'm, I'd be more surprised if we're not. So Yeah. Completely agree, but uh, welcome to our four new members, and then let's go fist fight out in the parking lot. All right, yeah, you get about a you get yeah. about a ten second welcome, and then it's we got all four of you on the schedule this year. So let's bring the noise, let's bring the ruckus. Uh, but I'm excited for these new four members, particularly Cincinnati and well, I guess UCF too, at least in our own time zone. But Cincinnati, one that there's at least some you know border states and some regional and some history there. Uh, I do a media welcome- kit. Wes each year I've done it for for the better part of the last 20 years 15 20 years and it's kind of a resource you know I shared it with you guys last year it's kind of a resource that includes relevant information about every team in the conference returning personnel coaching changes just various things scheduling and uh, again it's been a while since I had changes this significant when usually I have a template that I draw from and I just build on that template why to rebuild my template you know, I mean, you're looking at a whole different Big 12, Wes, but so it's, it's kind of exciting. You know, let's, it absolutely let's see how this is. Goes. It absolutely is. Um, and I agree with you. Let's see how this goes. We're going to see all four of these teams this year. Should be uh, a lot of fun to kind of jump right in, in in that regard. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma and Texas won uh, last hurrah here to see how that goes as well, too. But yeah, July 1st, your new Big 12 is uh, is here and uh, ready to rock and roll. All right, Jed, I've been teasing it. Let's talk about it. This poll that yep. you put up on Twitter, this poll, of course, brought to you uh, by our friends at Toothman Ford. We all know cars cost less in Grafton. Make sure you're getting your hind parts to Grafton for all of your vehicle needs. They're doing great work with WVNIL. Make sure you're supporting the people who uh, support our student-athletes and support us here on this podcast. I Jed was there put tonight this out. looking Where at are you? some of their inventory. I, well, I was on their website. And uh, looking at some of their used inventory because I, I got a kid in college and I'm you know it's that time of life right so right. I'm 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 doing, running some recon and of course my recon is going to begin and end with Jr. Toothman right so uh, Jr. doesn't even know this yet but at some point he'll be hearing from 
<laughs> yeah and there's there's some options on there i didn't mean to interrupt you but i just thought it was a perfect time to insert that no it absolutely it, it yeah. absolutely is anyway it proceed. absolutely is but jed put this up on our twitter account uh yesterday oh uh, well i guess it all depends on i need to be better because it all depends on when you listen to this on wednesday the 28th jed put this up on our twitter account real simple question but got a lot of traction a lot of debate going and i think i have an interesting hot take on this one Yep. Uh, WVU fans, if the college football genie emerged from the bottle and granted you one of the two wishes, which one would you choose? A guaranteed Big 12 title or a 50-50 chance at the college football playoff title? I think I assume you meant making the college football playoff in that, right? We'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. We'll talk about that. Well, see, I, the playoff, that's not a 50-50 chance. That's what I was thinking, too. So is what you're saying is you're guaranteed to win a game there? Here's what I'm saying, okay. and this is where it gets interesting. You are either in the championship game, heading into a game against a team you're evenly matched against, and either team could win 50-50. Or, you want to get more creative? You jump into a situation where you're playing George in the national championship up by seven with eight minutes left. Whatever. You have a 50% <laughs> chance to win it. Even, no matter how you stack it, you have a 50% chance to win the game. Okay? You're okay. in the game. Obviously, because if you're in the playoff, it's not a 50% chance. Right now, right. it's a 25% playoff, it's chance. Best, right? just, yeah, so, yes. Now, there were some great comments made, okay? one A couple of the comments that stand out, one of them was, look, I'm a WVU fan. I, I have been my whole life. I know what 50-50 means, okay? <laughs> I'm taking the guarantee, right? Great point, okay? Uh, and somebody else said, well, look, if you have a 50-50 chance to win it all, that means you're in the title game, which right. means you already won a game that's going to be on the short list of the greatest wins, right? So that's a terrific point. You already won a semifinal game against a great opponent, a top four opponent, that's going to go up on the wall with the greatest wins of all time in the history of the program. So you're already in a winning situation. Even if you don't have the Big 12 title, you have that instead. In other words, TCU didn't win the Big 12 this year, but TCU was unbeaten when they lost to K-State in the Big 12 championship game. Sure. So sure. they still, with one loss, advanced to the playoff as a non-Big 12 champ, beat Michigan. As we know, they advanced to the title game. Now, I'm not so sure TCU had a 50-50 chance to beat Georgia. No. 65-7. to So that's what I'm saying. No matter how you want to stack it, get creative, think outside the box, either heading into the title game, you're faced against somebody. Think Ohio State 2007. I think that would have been a great 50-50 matchup had West Virginia advanced to play Ohio State in the 2007 National Championship game, right? That's a 50-50 type game, that matchup that year against that Ohio State team. So either you have something like that or let's jump ahead in the game. If you if you find yourself against Georgia, if you find yourself against Alabama or whatever heavy hitter, 800-pound gorilla, you're up by seven with eight minutes to go. You have a 50% chance to win that game, 10 minutes to go with the ball, whatever. However you want to stack it, you have a 50% chance to win the national title. So do you take that or do you take the guarantee of a Big 12 title and a trophy on your mantle? All right, so see, the way now that you've broken it down, you've kind of changed my mind. Because when okay. I just originally saw you post this poll, and, and we had no real discussion about this until no. you and I hit record here and started this, yeah. I thought you just meant that it means you're in the college football national championship game. Not that it's six minutes left, seven minutes left, eight Whatever. minutes left, and it's a tie game in the fourth quarter. It might be those, if you're those to me. Those team. to me are, are are different propositions. 
when I first saw, I was one of the few people, only 23% of people, who when I first saw this, my gut reaction was, I want the Big 12 title, and I'll explain myself from this standpoint. Like, I, I know making the college football playoff should have been my answer. Because that's, I mean, that's where you want to be. You want to have a shot. You want to be in the tournament, right? You're down to the final four. I mean, you win two games and you're immortalized forever. I looked at it more, though, from the cynical standpoint of, I mean, are are many people going to remember that TCU went to the national championship game this year? Are many people going to remember that Cincinnati was in the college football playoff a couple years ago? Those are two different things. They're going to remember TCU beat Michigan. See, I don't think that I think TCU fans will, but nobody else. I don't know. See, Cincinnati didn't win a game. They didn't, but those were kind of my two like Washington has made the college football playoff before. Did it really mean that much to them? I know you're right. You're right. You win a game that's different. TCU will be the litmus test for that, but I don't think people really give TCU credit for winning that game. I think they say, ah, Michigan blew it and Michigan shot themselves in the foot and TCU, you know, people make that excuse in 10 years. I think they remember that. TCU had a win. I, I hope you're right because again, in theory, it should be an easy answer. But for me, like I look at, I don't look at the college football playoff the same way I look at the Final Four. Like making the college football playoff is not as big of a deal as because you had to win four games to get to the Final Four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I again, just when I first saw this, and I figured, okay, guaranteed Big Twelve title or a chance, right? I I want banners, I want rings, I want trophies, I want things that last forever. And a major conference football, ch- like Jed, it's only been a year and a few months. You know how much freaking mileage Pitt has gotten off of already off of winning an ACC championship. Wait, here's what I'll say I to mean, you. that's that's take, all they talk about. TCU. That's all they use. ACC here's the analogy that I'll draw. ACC okay. champion on the ACC championship game. Yes. Here's that. The that ba- I walk through the practice facility all the time, and there's that huge 2022 ACC champions banner or whatever it is. Like I want the I, and, banner. And I want sure the rings. I want all the trophy. Six of their fans will talk about it for years, but. But here's the difference. Okay? Uh, two, two, two dozen fans. Okay, two dozen fans. Uh, in other words, as we head not just in the era of a four-team playoff, but especially when we head to a 12-team playoff. Well, then I'm, I'm totally, totally on board. Well, what I'm you. saying is even yeah, the four-team yeah. has changed everything. So when, when we beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, when we blew the doors off Clemson in the Orange Bowl, those were all pre-four-team playoff games. Okay, and they mattered a lot more. I if think the major bowl games, games mattered a lot more back then. If you're then winning too. those games in the 14 playoff era, they don't mean nearly as much. Completely agree. New version of beating Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, of blowing Clemson out in the Orange Bowl, is beating Michigan in the semifinal game. That's that's fair. the new version of yeah, that in terms fair. of landmark wins in your program's history, and and that's going to become more true as you expand beyond four to twelve. The new version of beating. Oklahoma and the Fiesta Bowl, that's not going to exist anymore. Instead, it's going to be going on the road right. and upsetting Oregon at Alton Stadium right. in the first round of the right. playoff. That's but, going to be the new version. And I completely agree. Completely agree. But does that right. mean more than to be able to bring your recruits in the facility and you've got your Big 12 championship trophy sitting right there that yes. them and their whole family? I don't know yes. if it does. I don't know. Well, I, I think it does. I think because they're watching those games. Like, I, again, I don't. You know? And again, I, this is just, I, I just, we're all different. I, I don't know if TCU recruits are going to be, what was it? Was it the Orange Bowl that they beat Michigan in? Is that what it, it actually matter. was? It was the semifinal game. That's my point. I know, but it I don't I don't know how much gravitas. That's, that's my only thing is I don't know how much people, like, I. it's one of the things that it's, we've talked a lot how much college football has changed over the last few years, right? Yeah. One of the things that I hate the most is that now 
like with the with the invention of the college football playoff, with the introduction yeah. of the college football playoff, no one gives a crap about the bowl games. Any, and I'm talking from a national perspective about sure. the bowl. Unless you win the whole thing, no one cares that you won the Rose Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl anymore. Your no, fan base does. It used from, to be. But from a national perspective, range. it's win the national. It's it's like turned into the, to the NFL, the right? Like just goal, win the championship right? and we don't care. That's right. Those games used to be the ultimate goal. But now, like I said, I don't even necessarily pay attention to what bowl the semifinal was. It's the semifinal. You and, know? and again, I complete I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying to us it would mean a lot. For if we went and if we went to the college football playoff and we beat Michigan or Ohio State or USC or LSU or whoever in the in the semifinal game, that would mean I mean it'd be incredible for our fan base. But I don't know if it would have the same gravitas for everybody else as of here's our Big Twelve trophy. You know what I mean? That and well, again, I, I could be I could be completely wrong. That was just my I gut tell reaction. You who used to use that angle, that approach to build a program? It was Bill Snyder. In other words, when you think of the the old Big Twelve when there were divisions, okay, Bill Snyder was trying to go from one of the worst programs in the country to build towards something. Now, long before he could battle his way all the way to winning a Big 12 championship game and hanging that banner in his locker room and showing that trophy to recruits, you know what he was able to do? Win a Big 12 North yeah. trophy or yeah. banner. Yeah. So now he was the champion of something. And so and that's Pitt, again, that Pitt, and a, Pitt does that. Say, oh, we've been two time coastal division champions. And, and you know, yes. they, I, I yes. walk past the banners every, uh, not every day. And I'm day, not so sure. Often how fooled recruits are by winning a watered down division in a watered down league. I really don't recruits recruits like to have trophies to take pictures of with their family to put on their Instagram. And you got to mean, you know, you do, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if, you know, the Fiesta Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl trophy means as much as a conference. And again, I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong. Um, but I don't, I don't know if a Fiesta Bowl trophy this, anymore means as much as it does as a conference title for. to a recruit. What's 50 50? I think that's where it is. You've a 50 chance to Chad, win. If you're the telling game. me we're playing Georgia or Alabama or something and, and it's a tie game with seven minutes left and we have the well, football, here's what I'm, telling you, I'm, I'm taking that I'm all telling day. you, it's either a pick 'em game going in. It's not a 14 point line. It's not okay? TCU and, and Georgia. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is, you, you, as I said in the poll, you have a 50-50 chance to win. Not an appearance in the Big 12 title game. You have a 50-50 chance to win the title game. That's what you have. Yeah. No, I'm taking that. I'm ta- Again, like I said, the, I'm, I'm going back to my initial, like the way you broke it down when we started yeah. this conversation, yeah. it's, there's only one answer. It's, it's, the ti- it's, the sh- it's the 50-50 shot at the title. Um, but I just well, Some people would still say otherwise. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe, but I, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't at least, but for me, it's like, let me ask you this, this season for WVU basketball. Okay. Yeah. Would you, would you rather go to the sweet 16 and lose, or would you rather win the big 12, the big 12 tournament? Well, no, wait a minute. Would you rather go to the sweet 16 or the elite eight or final four? Final four. I don't see. I'm leaving final because final four is celebrated in college basketball. You get a trophy. It's a huge deal. Would you okay? So let's say, would you rather go to the elite elite eight, or would you rather yes. win the Would yes. you rather win the Big Twelve yes. tournament? Yes. See, yeah. I'd rather win the I'd rather win the Big Twelve tournament. No one, I mean, that's that's a trophy. That's that's a banner forever. Well, and I, I know we one. have elite eight banners in the in the Coliseum, but we a big to win. It's like winning the SEC in football. Like to win the Big Twelve in basketball to me would mean more than a Sweet Sixteen or not a Final Four, but 
I mean, I, I see that argument, but I, I just again, basketball is analogous. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't you know think it I mean? is. Because I don't think it is. It's not. It's the, not. The I'm, I'm comparing. I'm comparing apples to oranges. I well, am. there's some parallels there, but but uh, yeah, the, the final four is a different animal. It's almost like the oh, final. That's four no doubt championship game. Okay, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And TCU spent that week and a half going into the championship game. Okay, as one of two teams left standing in all the land after beating Michigan. And what I would argue, nobody really remembers other than, hey, Georgia did something to beat the daylights out of, you know, TCU. (laughs) Right, The the game that people remember in the postseason, I would argue, name a game other than TCU beating Michigan. Well, I thought the Georgia, I thought the Georgia, I thought the Georgia, Ohio State semifinal was great. Was great great too. Ohio State wins, they win the national championship. I agree. But I think the game that people will remember most is most likely because of the shock factor, because it was an upset, because of the nature of it, because they they persevered and kept punching and punching, and and Michigan just didn't have an answer for all these reasons. I think TCU that that game was one that people it would certainly be one of the two. Yeah, I, I, you're right. The Ohio State game against Georgia is up there too, but it would certainly be one of those two games that that people are going to remember. They remember both those games more than the championship game. And, and TCU and, prevailed in one of those two games. And that's where too. I mean, is the way you laid it out. If it's a true fifty fifty shot, um, it's not a. You're a three score. Well, and then underdog. There's, there's a school of thought that says, look, anytime you line up in a football game, you got a 50% chance to win. There's that line of thinking, right? So listen, if we're if we're playing Georgia, I don't think right now, I don't think we have a 50% chance well, to win, but saying. I but I but yeah. I absolutely get what yeah, you're you saying. What I'm saying. And that's yeah. kind of again, that's kind of what like this past year I was thinking TCU, right, or Kansas State. Like that when I yeah. first saw this poll, it was did oh, I, I do I want to yeah. be TCU yeah. or do I want to be Kansas State? And again, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would call me an idiot, and I probably am an idiot. But I, 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 I might go Kansas State because to me, the Big Twelve trophy and the Big Twelve banner has more gravitas than the Fiesta Bowl or or whatever it was that that Michigan. The as a fan, the Michigan win would mean more to me. But I'm talking from a global well, here's perspective. The, here's the other silver lining: it's not necessarily mutually exclusive. It doesn't have to be TCU or Kansas State. Sure, what if you had sure. a scenario? in which K-State had one loss going into that game and wins. Now you're the Big 12 champ. And in other words, I'd argue that – And that's that's what a lot of people said in the mentions yeah, too. You like, the big, but you're not in the championship game. You're in the 14 playoff. Right, right. Which isn't as big a deal because nobody remembers the teams that get knocked out quickly in the first round. They remember the teams that survive and advance. That's the difference. Nobody remembers Washington. Nobody remembers Cincinnati. Nobody remembers Michigan State like that. Yeah, there you go. But you could be K-State with the trophy and advance with some chance to maybe win that first game and get to the, you know what I mean? You know, that's it, the, that's the, that you win play. the big 12, you win your first game and then you're, you're right in it for the national championship game. That's yeah. the dream. That's the yeah. dream scenario. Yeah. So but that was, I tell you what, you, you elicited some good response on Twitter there. I like it. We had a lot of, we had a lot of people uh, chiming in on that one in the mentions. Yeah. I, I, and there's no wrong answer. Obviously there's no wrong answer. I mean, how can you not want to have some kind of significant hardware in your, you know, trophy case to show off to recruits? Uh, and and you know what? I, I tell you what, we, we just mentioned the fact we've had four winning records in league play in 11 years. Uh, well, at least you'd have that, you know, all the live long day forever and ever. You hey, have a big re- trophy, you know. Re- regardless of what you vote here, it's going to be the best season we've had in a decade. So I think any of, I think any of yeah. us would take it. <laughs> 
And, and you know, it, it could be one of those, you, you could take it one of two directions. You could say, well, hey, what if it's a year? I, I would argue you're going to have a fair to middling chance as the Big 12 champ to go to a 14 playoff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? Yeah. Now, 12 teams going discussion. forward. Something's yeah. wrong if you win the Big 12 and you're not in a 12 team, right? Something's very wrong. Okay. But we're talking really 14. So you could go one of two ways. What if you win the Big 12 and you're not K State? So you get your cake and eat it too. You're advancing. You're a 12 and one Big 12 champ. All right. And you're advancing to the playoff with a chance to win that first round game. Or what if it's a sagging year in the Big 12 and there really isn't a dominant team? And you pull an upset at nine and three, and you're 10 and three. All right. So let's say Kansas State beat somebody instead of TCU, who was unbeaten. Let's say they beat another nine and three team. Hmm. Eh. You know, you, now you're, you're, you're not going to any playoff. I promise yeah, you that. Not. You certainly but aren't. In the 12 team playoff, this is a whole different conversation because you win the Big 12, you're in. Right. You know, you're There's in no you're questions in play asked. For, for bigger and you're, and you're getting a buy. You're getting a buy too, right? If you win yeah. your conference, most yeah. likely, unless something's really wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, unless something's really wrong, but interesting. So, that was a good one by you. Uh, twenty three percent, twenty three percent of people, uh, sorry, yeah, twenty three and a half percent said Big Twelve title. Seventy six and a half percent said fifty fifty chance. I probably should have found a, you know, brevity's the soul of all wit, right? But as as Shakespeare would say, but it's difficult to explain in in that much detail that born the daylights or breaks all the people. In a Twitter poll, I just try to be as straightforward as possible. Especially, I don't know if you guys out there. And gals have ever put together a Twitter poll, but you have 25 characters to list those you answers. Don't have, you don't you have, have much. Very yeah. brief, straightforward. Yeah. I was like 50-50. You have a 50-50 chance to win. This isn't a parents. This is a 50-50 chance to win. Everyone, everyone okay? in their right mind is taking that the way that you've laid it out now. Yeah. Yeah. So I again I probably should have maybe in the in the question clarified a little. I don't know. You know, it's that's all right. So, hey, sometimes uh, but, but the open-ended no nature is what gets really what not, gets the debate you know? going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love mean, it. I'd love to have a Big 12 trophy. Yeah, you're you know, you're not gonna upset me with that. I promise you. Ain't you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Yeah, but I, 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 I do think that I don't know. I I I think TCU I don't view them on any level as an outsider. I don't view them on any level in the same category as Washington or Cincinnati. Had Washington upset Alabama? I'd still remember See, that. I completely agree with you. I just don't I'd think the general. I don't think the general public. I think the general public remembers TCU just like they I do Cincinnati and Michigan State and and whoever and Washington. And Washington. You know, I don't know who they. I don't remember who they beat. But but I'll tell you this: Had Washington beat Clemson, Alabama, I believe. Maybe so, if you're playing the odds, okay? But had Washington beat Alabama, I would absolutely still see again. That I'm, I'm with you, and, and I'm with you, and I yeah. think as a fan, everyone agrees with that. Again, I'm just talking na national perspective. All that people remember about TCU last year is they got their doors smoked by Georgia. That's it. That's it all they it. remember. I'll leave it with this: It's not often we get to see the Giants slayed on the biggest of stages. It's not often. You got a fifty-fifty shot. So those, give it to me. That's not even what I'm talking about, Wes. What I'm saying is those rare times that you see the giant slayed by the underdog, David slays Goliath, the blue blood Michigan on the giant biggest of stages. They've, they've clamored for this playoff opportunity. They've done this. They've done that. Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh. When you beat a Michigan team like that, when you beat an Ohio State in the most meaningful of games, when you beat an Alabama, when you beat a Clemson, those are very hard to forget because they're so rare. And because of that, that's why I think people remember TCU did that. Buddy, I am with you. 
I just don't think the general populace is romantic right, about yeah. college football as, as, as we are. But we'll leave, we'll leave it there for remember now. remember if Washington beat Alabama? Would I have? Would I? In a playoff game. Oh, I would because college football. Would college football. Nick Saban lost I, a playoff game to, to Washington. The I think average person, no. I don't think they would. Because it's not would. like losing a bowl game to Utah. That's it's a whole different animal. This is a playoff. Uh, ten, game. ten, five years from now. Ten years from now. Five years from now. I think if you ask the average again, not someone who's romantic right. about college football as we are, the average sports fan. Who did TCU beat before they went and lost to Georgia? I bet you twenty percent of people. Again, the, the only the the hardcore the sports fans would remember. You remember that playoff game with TCU and Michigan? Now there you go. Now that's they, now that 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 might that. that might do. You know what I'm saying because right now, be. if you say you remember that playoff game with Alabama and Cincinnati, no, no. Like you I think people, I think people, Alabama hey, and Washington. Remember, no, remember, really. remember when Boise State upset Oklahoma and they went for two and the trick. Now play just imagine Wes. But I think people cared. Game. But but that's what I mean. I think people cared more about the non-national championship game before we well, introduced then, the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fast forward and take Boise doing that in a playoff game against Oklahoma, and I think it's what you got, which people remember anyway because it was so big back then. It's that on steroids. Completely. So, I'm, again, I'm with you Again, if you, you ask somebody, that. do you remember the Alabama-Washington playoff game? There's no way they're going to remember that. But had no. Washington beat Alabama? Hey, you remember that Washington-Alabama? Oh, yeah. I remember seeing Nick Saban one of those few times he stubbed his toe. Oh, yeah. That never happens. I remember. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but, I, but I, I, agree. I, I don't think I don't think you're crazy or anything and, like that. Yeah, you know that wouldn't be very meaningful. But no, absolutely, absolutely. Fun. Um, final thank you to our friends at Fortis for uh, roof performance and financial security. Visit Fortis.us.com. Jed, we're pushing an hour here already, so we'll wrap this up. But before we, before we do, uh, we need some updates on our buddy Skyler and how he's doing. Um, and of course we need another tease about old Rich Rod, who's going to be yeah. joining the podcast, holding the rope, holding the podcast here shortly. Again, we talked about, uh, the future and the role that Skylar's going to have Skylar Callahan as, as part of the program, uh, in a production role, sometimes, uh, in front of the camera. Uh, he's kind of a Jack of all trades. We're really excited about him bringing his brand over here. We talked last week that unfortunately he and his family, we're in this accident. It was a harrowing accident. I talked to him about it uh, yesterday and uh, you know, his wife's had surgery. So, you know, there, there's a road to recovery here, but I, you know, he was in the car and he had his computer with him and it was, it, it, it was a dangerous situation. His computer's laptop was destroyed. So that's going to take a handful of weeks to replace it. So right now he's kind of down and out from an equipment standpoint, he's having to limp along on his, on another work computer and, sure. and so he's still able to post some stuff on his side, but it'll be a few weeks before he, he merges with what we're doing. Uh, but they're, they're getting there. They're getting there. I mean, this could have turned out uh, a lot worse than it did. So uh, prayers Good. up for, for Skyler and his family. And that was absolutely, a, man, that was a, that was a scary situation that he walked me through. Uh, so we're, we're very glad it, it turned out much more favorable, favorably than it could have. And uh, yeah, uh, Rich and I are, are texting back and forth. I had some phone issues yesterday, as you and Owen know. <laughs> I had some <laughs> phantom texts not come through. So uh, we're trying to work out times and dates in the next week or two. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun getting uh, getting Coach Rod on here to to kind of tell, you know, some old war stories with, with Owen Absolutely. and I. We can jab each other and see where that goes. And, and we're going to have some fun with that. It's going to be a fun July, and that's going to roll us right into August and things uh, getting going with with camp and, and looking ahead to the regular season. So, yeah, buckle up. Plenty to uh, to get to here right around the corner. We're excited to get Skyler involved. Uh, still hoping for all the best in the recovery for him, his dad, his yeah. wife. 
Uh, and yes, we will all be uh, holding the rope here and uh, and telling some good stories. Which, I, like I said a, a week ago, when we have when we have Rich on here, um, I'm just gonna introduce the thing, do the sponsor reads, and I'm just gonna let Jed and and Owen and and Rich tell some stories and shoot the breeze. So it'll be a lot of fun. We know you guys will enjoy it. Thanks for rocking and rolling and uh, and sticking with us the entire off season. And as always, one final thing that we ask of you is to be an ear and tell an ear. About your new favorite WVU football podcast. For- I got oh, ask what? Do yeah, I ahead, sound Pat. okay? Remember, I asked you a couple weeks ago. My mic felt like it was off a little. Sounds fine to well, me. I, I, I want to point this out because I, I I love these kind of comments. So there was a comment on the YouTube page. I don't know if you saw it or not. Oh yeah, about the volume. Yeah, yeah, about my volume. Well, here's what I liked about it. I I had uh, was it a red hat? What, what, what color? It was it yellow? I had my yellow hat, my yellow ITG hat on, mm-hmm. and. Whoever it was piped in says, tell Yellow Hat to fix his That's microphone. That's right. Tell Yellow Dude, Hat to fix his microphone. Nothing makes me oh, laugh man. harder. Like I'm standing in line at the grocery store and I hear somebody say, hey, mustache, come here. Those types of comments. I'm a big fan. So, hey, uh, first, thanks for I pointing out all the, the time. Audience. Hey, baby face, come here. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, I had to point that out. Thanks for the jab. And uh, that, that was good stuff. Yeah, we'll make sure we're normalizing our audio levels before we there post this one. Yeah, I listen, I listened back and I thought everything sounded fine, but if Yellow Hat's microphone was not was not loud enough, I do apologize. Blame <laughs> the producer who's oh, oh wait, that's me. I can't blame Skylar on, for another head. for another couple weeks. Come on, baby face, get the volume levels. Come right. on, baby face. Come on, sixteen. At sixteen, I'll take that. I got Dude, 12 it's a jersey a number. Times. We're talking about an age. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Skyler, Rich Rod, a bunch of fun stuff coming at you soon. For Owen Schmidt and Jed Drenning, I'm Wesley Euler. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the 4th. Enjoy the holiday. Be safe if you're traveling around. And happy 4th, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. You've been in the gun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.